Welcome to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and I'm proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Every episode of this podcast will bring in a variety of experts to help all writers incorporate more authentic cops, crime, and criminals in their stories. For this episode, international best-selling author Cheryl Brown has joined me in the interrogation room to answer a few of my questions. Cheryl writes dark psychological thrillers and contemporary fiction, and her works include two short stories and nine novels, the newest of which is called The Marriage Trap. She's a member of the Crime Writers Association and the Romantic Novelist Association, and Cheryl's also graduated from Birmingham City University with an MA in creative writing. Welcome to Writers on the Beat, Cheryl. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Gavin. It's lovely to be here. I greatly, greatly appreciate you joining me. I'm currently reading The the Babysitter right now, and this is an immediately intriguing novel for me, especially as a cop. Um, for <sighs> readers who are new to you as an author, what, what would you like them to know about this book? Well, it's a bit of an experiment to start out with, to be honest, because the, um, the babysitter, um, Jade, she's actually, she's right sort of out there bad. Uh, perhaps she's perhaps not someone you'd want to babysit your children. And <laughs> yes. <easier>. I'm, <laughs> I made it obvious that she was. So um, I haven't hidden it, anything. So you know who the, who the baddie is, so to speak. Mm. Um, whether she's fundamentally bad, that's kind of something I was exploring. You know, whether it's... Um, I mean, she's certainly a, a character that readers love to hate, but um, I, I was kind of looking at is badness in the genes or is mm -hmm. it brain function or childhood experience or, you know, that creates the monster or is it a combination of all three maybe? And this is a, a person who was definitely shaped by her childhood. Um, so that's what I was looking at with, with that particular character. So there's no surprise about her, <laughs> yes, except yes. for what she'll get up to, obviously. Now, this book immediately rings through with authenticity for me from the perspective of the cops and their relationship um, and also their their outlook on, on protecting kids and, you know, not just their own children, but but other people's children. There's a tremendous amount of empathy these, these cops have for the problems of others, and that, that's very much been my experience as, as a cop. I also think that you've written about fears um, that cut across all parents or anyone who cares for young children. But in this particular story, the, the babysitter, with her coming in, into the fold in the, this, this cop's house, there's such an element of personal responsibility in this plot for me. And if, if anyone should recognize who the baddie is before they get a chance to do bad things, it's supposed to be the cop, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> True. He didn't. Yes, yeah, and that's uh, that's that's terrifying. It's uh, it, it's one of the things you know that carries quite a bit of discussion in in the in the cop world. Um, that you know we we generally term things like this an an insider threat. Um, yes. You know somebody who's in a position of trust who you know moves into our lives for malicious reasons or just uses their their access to do bad things. And I'm wondering where where the idea for this story came from and what what made you put this this uh, plot together yeah this one was definitely character-led I think um Jade um came to me um sort of whole really mm -hmm. as characters sometimes do I was listening to your interview with CJ Box mm -hmm. and I had to agree with something he was saying about dialogue fleshing out the character um as I say when Jade came to me she was powerful I mean I could even 
hear her in a voice sort of thing. So um, the more she spoke to me, the more I realised she had to be written as she was really, so I couldn't really hide who she was. Um, so she was, she transparently had an agenda. Um, and I think she just kind of led the story then. So it started with just that, the character rather than the the idea for the plot, which is possibly how I tend more to work normally. Um, and it was what, what you said about access was um, access, uh, insider access. Mm -hmm. I think the thing was she had access to, to Melissa, the, the wife, yes. um, who had issues, uh, had, um, issues with, with um, postnatal depression after a, losing a, a child, etc., etc. So the thing was that, that, that Mark, the policeman, wanted to be able to to trust her, to show that he trust her, trusted his wife in making yes. the right judgment, that he kind of backed away a little bit, um, if that makes sense. Certainly, no, that, I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, we very commonly, in, in police couples, I think that's one of the things that we very commonly deal with um, is, you know, the, the cop is almost always cynical and jaded and distrusting of of anyone who's not been vetted, right? That we don't have, you know, it's all stranger danger until, until we, until we trust you. Um, but you know, and especially like with, with my wife, she is absolutely the kindest person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, so her inherent nature is to trust everyone. And my inherent nature is to trust no one. So it's, it's kind of a constant battle and I can really appreciate, you know, Mark, having those feelings and having to, wanting to try to navigate that and it, the whole thing felt very psychologically authentic to me um where where do you uh, or how do you go about your your research or you know working on the on on the psychological aspects of these books um as both thrillers and then also on on your relationships and the people mm, i think oh, relationship i think if you were um a writer um you study people and you study relationships obviously um kind of every every face um and every scenario tells a story and you kind of weave your facts over it uh, fictional facts you know um but um obviously life experience comes comes into play a lot um and i've done i, I've, um, I have a I've done. I've completed a forensics course, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, I have all all the bits and bobs. But psychologically, it's about it's about as I say, looking at people. I do have experience of um, caring for people with um, who've had um, mental issues. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm. It's kind of I'm very much aware of the problems that they they face. Um, not only with medication and finding the right balance, but with um, being accepted generally in life. Um, so I'm very, very aware. I suppose I'm very. My antennae are always up. Um, so it's a it's a combination of life experience and mm. and um, research I've undertook. Um, I think often you need more than Google. Google's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> anything can't you i mean let's face it yes. um we'd be lost without it um but 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 having that one-on-one -on -one experience um counts for a lot i think um so yeah and in regard to the the plea i mean obviously this is more psychological i have written mm -hmm. crime thrillers in the past for another publisher um but um this is more the psychological aspect we're looking at so um yes. but there are police elements in there but um and i have a go-to guy for that 
who's wonderful. Um, so he answers all my questions, bless him. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so it's a combination of everything, really. Um, but I think it's more, you're going on your, when you're writing, you write, you do write from the heart, um, mm -hmm. absolutely from the heart. Um, so you're playing on your, your own, not necessarily personal life experiences always, but, but things that you've experienced or that you've, you've other people around you have experienced. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I didn't, really appreciate i kind of accidentally got into writing well that's not entirely true i i got into writing on purpose but i had really planned on writing you know one book and that was all i really wanted to do was get this one book out and it was going to be great uh -huh. and oh, yeah. then you know the first book you know leads to other books other ideas and then you know now you know yeah i understand when, that yeah you know, novels later it's you you really have uh, a very you're putting pieces of your soul out to the world with with every book release with you know every um, every every new uh, new novel that comes out it's um I, it's definitely not the same as a child <laughs> but you know it's, it's <laughs> something yeah yeah it's it's very very personal um, even if it's something that you know you've not uh, not experienced personally or the story obviously isn't about you but you know it's there there is an awful lot of us in all of our books and I think that's really hard to get away from I think that's true um and it also makes you very aware when you you're writing uh, topics that might be um you know emotional or, or or touch a core with people it does make you very aware um sensitive to to to, to those people's feelings I think um, and I think the biggest praise for me for the babysitter was showing certain parts of the book um, to 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 someone who who's suffered with with suffered greatly with with mental issues. Fabulous mm. that he's got where he is today. Um, but showed him those parts, and um, he said that's exactly what I experienced. That's exactly wow. right. And I thought, well, I'm glad I've got that right because it's a very you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to um, hurt anybody's feelings. Basically, no. um, you know, you need to be sensitive to, to to the way you portray people. Always, I think. Yeah, and I I think the topic of 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 mental illness has come up quite a bit in 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 recent interviews, and I think more folks or uh, more authors are starting to write about mental illness. Um, even a, a few of um, a few of the folks I've interviewed have have placed those folks as the protagonist, um, and you know I think it's really important for us to to get those elements right. I mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't definitely don't want us to to shy away from addressing you know topics of concern um, or you know things that you know just part of the human experience. But at the same time, I think we have a real responsibility to get a lot of those things right because fiction authors have such a tremendous sway on personal opinion. Um, mm. You know, if you look at even just like the, as a totally outlandish example, um, you know, the the current or rather long longstanding fears that the public has about things like radiation are largely born out of comic books rather mm. than science um but it's still so pervasive um that it's uh it's it's still a problem mm. um so I, i'm really really glad to see that 
that you've gotten that, that kind of accolades from, um, from someone who's experienced those, those same issues. That's a tremendous thing. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, I was pleased about that. Yeah. Um, so I do try to get, get, get things as right as I can, but, um, it is, it is a difficult, I mean, I, um, sympathize with, um, people who write, you know, straight crime when they, they're looking at forensics and cause I mean, that's, that's the whole, oh, unless you, I mean, I've, mm. I've done a course, but, um, God, it's, uh, I was looking at something in my latest book, uh, um, and I was going to use tire tracks for something, yes. uh, an accident. And I thought, no, I can't do that because it's not going to, you know, so yeah, <laughs> difficult. Yeah. And you, you brought it up earlier when you were talking about, you know, writing this book um, and exploring some of the things with uh, the, the nature and versus nurture of, of uh, human psychology or of, of evil or, or just uh, madness. Um, mm. And, you know, it's, it, it's interesting. I, I started writing uh, a conspiracy series um, to kind of explore some of my own thoughts about um, revenge and vengeance and the morality of, of violence. And I don't know that I have any more answers now than when I started writing it. Um, but I, I definitely feel, I guess, more convicted about my position. Do you, has this book changed your, your thoughts, your position on nature versus nurture? I don't know. I haven't found that um, the answer yet. So I'll let you know when I do. Um, <laughs> uh, I suppose it's, it makes you think think much, much, much more. Um, I mean, you're talking about revenge, um, and I was um, I have um, uh, two UK-based policemen. One um, who's absolutely tremendous. He's produced two books, actually, um, reference books. So he's um, he's he's someone that a lot of authors use but um it, it was him that told me that uh, most um acts of um revenge you know murder um mm -hmm. are, are um born of humiliation which i hadn't really thought about so a revenge mm -hmm. an act of revenge comes comes from from being humiliated in you know um but to what degree i mean which of us haven't been hum humiliated at some point. Oh, certainly. You know, um, so yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't found any answers, but it certainly made me look at it, look at that, that subject more. Yeah. Now your, your latest novel, it's just called the, the marriage trap, I think, uh, is due out later this month, right? That's right. Yeah. On the 30th of July. Yes. Now what, uh, what should readers know about that book? Ah, it's, um, it, it's, uh, it, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I started off writing it backwards, so, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that, yeah, it was, uh, it's been an interesting one. Um, it's, um, it's about, uh, I suppose the subject matter is, is um, again, um, a delicate error, it's, it's misogyny and, um, controlling people and how people who are supposed to care for you, who mm -hmm. are closest to you, um, and I'm not talking about the husband here, I'm talking about the wider family, um, how, how they, the effect, the, the negative impact they can have on your life. Um, so um, I'm trying to think what I can say without actually giving it all away at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, and I say I started writing it backwards, the idea being that it started with the, um, with the breakdown of the marriage. Oh, um, sure. Okay. Yeah, so the prologue sort of looks at where the couple um, have 
have are about to split up even though they don't it's a, it's a place they don't want to be in um and i was going to roll it backwards from there and i got about two thirds through and i thought i can't do this i keep repeating <laughs> things so it went it went a bit mad so then i had to luckily i'd done it on and um, i can't think of the um oh i can't think of the app i use now but i was able to turn it around pretty easily um and so we we wrote it forwards um but it's doing the um it's still on pre-order at the moment but it's oh, really, really, yeah it's doing really well the net galley um reviews are really good i don't i tend not to look at reviews <laughs> but yeah, it's, hurt me to that fact. it's it's a hard but, thing not to do yeah oh i know but i i, I frighten myself when i do that so. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's lovely to get i'd love the feedback um and people are um you know um on twitter this morning there was a, a lovely review up this morning and and it's just amazing i mean it, you get quite overwhelmed you know when people yes. genuinely really relate to it um relate to what you've written relate to the plot um so it's getting fabulous reviews but but yeah that that's what it's about about basically so it's but the, i'm told there are lots of um powerful twists in it um and the um the one at the the end is massive i've been told so there's lots of twists in this one lots of um hidden sort of hidden agendas rather than with jade she was you know her agenda was like mm -hmm. fairly Very obvious open. so yeah lots of twists now you you mentioned readers being able to to relate to your books and i a lot of the advice that writers and aspiring authors get in the from the from on high right now from all the the writing coaches and sages a lot of it seems to be that you know you you need to write in series to establish a a good relationship, long-term relationship between your readers and this character, this protagonist that they really love and care about. Um, mm -hmm. And it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like most of, of your work are, are, a lot of it is standalones where you're starting over with fresh characters every That's time right. you reestablish that relationship. Um, what, what drives your decision to write in standalones versus writing in series? I think, um, well, I did, uh, I, I'll say with a um, previous publisher, I, I did um, a three book series that was um, a detective um, crime, straight crime thriller. Well, actually, you know, there was a psychological element in there. So I've done both. Um, I think with the psychological um, thriller, um, you're exploring, it would get a bit samey if you use the same characters and you're looking for fresh, new thrilling or shocking ideas um uh so I c it would be difficult i think to use the same characters and bring that freshness to it or something that was um kind of you know would make people sort of gasp um as not i'm hoping to make people gasp yes. um, as being being different um but then again stories um or, or, or every story has been told hasn't it so you're always looking for a fresh angle yes. everything um, but that, but that's the idea. But I um, I I get a rough idea of the of, of the of the plot. Um, I've got a couple of ideas going on for, for, for. I was just about to tell you about the the one I'm writing now, but I better not do that. Had I? <laughs> um, so I get a, a rough idea, but it's mainly then I get a character you see, and if, if the character, if I can't get that character, that key character, um, I can't write the book. Mm -hmm. um i need i need that character to be quite strong um 
hopefully I'll get a, a plot equal amount of plot and character and it drives the forward drives the story forward together whereas the babysitter Jade was doing all the driving she was in the driving seat um so it's about freshness I think with psych like thriller yeah um I've been asked to write a series but that's mm-hmm. sort of publisher I think <laughs> yeah but when when you're putting your books together are are you a I guess what's what you often hear referred to as a plotter or a pantser that you're you you plot out you know a very detailed outline before you write or while you're writing or do you write you know just kind of by the seat of your pants and and write what you feel at that moment uh, how how are you structured to to get this job done I think and I think most authors will say that writing an outline um, or some people can do it but outlines and synopses are um, awful (laughs) basically awful to write because um, there is always going to be an element that is driven by emotion Mm -hmm. Um, I personally find that I couldn't write unless that emotion was there and and the the word fresh comes to mind again because I find if you write an outline um, it kind of takes some of that freshness away that said Mm -hmm. I do write an outline. I have to because um, I need a solid plot. I, I do need that um, kind of you know framework to follow. Um, but I try. I've been. I mean, sometimes I'll be write, writing an outline and I'm I'm writing the book. Yes. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's a waste of time. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, a loose outline. So that's what I I do now. But I do. I, I do find a lot of my chapters um, are driven by the actual, they will change. I think <clears throat> you kind of have to trust the character to mm-hmm. show you the way sometimes um, because you, you're writing what you think, you're following your outline and it goes completely off at a tangent. Um, and it's kind of right because if you're feeling it in the gut, you know, if, you, if your instinct is telling you it's right, then you, you just follow, follow the character and hope he's going in the right direction. Really, really back occasionally. <laughs> now, I also wanted to get your your point of view on point of view. Uh, your your thrillers, uh, especially you know, from a psychological standpoint, they they cut so close to the bone that I, I think you might actually give readers nightmares if you wrote them in first person and put them in that <laughs> in that character's head. Uh, do you consciously plan to write in a particular point of view, or is that the the character deciding for you? It's not my conscious decision, actually. That's a good point because no, I think it is the character in um, in the Marriage Trap. I've got both uh, um, first points of view and and third, so I've I've, I've played with both both um, ways there. But um, I think it was character. The character kind of yeah demanded I write that way. I think so. Yeah, interesting. You know, I, one of the main themes of this podcast is that it only takes about a, a decade of consistent blood, sweat, and tears to become an overnight success. And I, I wonder what your journey has been like from inspiration to published author to bestseller. Ooh, it's a bumpy road. <laughs> 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 Lots of potholes. Um it's been a long journey, I must admit. Um, no, I won't mention any names because, you know, but I do, I mean, I've had an agent, etc. Mm-hmm. And um, I, 
when I was quite, I say quite new to writing, when I, you could, I, I'd got a whole novel, so I, I obviously wasn't that new to writing, but uh, going way back now, and I'd got an agent who thought it was, you know, had bestseller stamped all over it, um, so I was very excited about that, <clears throat> and it didn't sell at all, it didn't sell, it just didn't sell, mm -hmm. so, um, and I think from that point, and I'm, I'm going back now, my gosh, must be oh, 12 years or so. Um, from that point onward, I was the, it made me so determined. Um, I mean, I went down the um, sort of, I wanted to crawl into a dark hole route for a while, but yes. um, yeah. it just made me more determined to try and get, get not, not to sell because I thought it was brilliant, because I, I didn't think it was brilliant. Um, but to to get to to write right, if you know what I mean, to mm -hmm. to make my writing as good as it could be, and to write what the reader wants—that's the crucial issue, I think. Yeah, it was one of the things that I was speaking with uh, Chris Pavone um, uh, back in May. Uh, he had a a book that just came out, the Paris Diversion, which was um, somewhat similar to a book I was putting out about a week apart from him. <laughs> about, ah. Uh, terror, terrorism in, in Paris. Um, oh gosh, yeah. He uh, he had mentioned that you know when when he's writing um, similar to I think what what you just said, um, just in different words, but that he strives really hard to write better books. That he's like the world is full of books. We have enough books. There there you know millions and millions of books. But what readers need are better books. And mm. you know that he constantly pushes himself to. To, to be that each book to be better, to be a better writer, better author. Um, and mm. you know, I think it's a, it's a never ending journey that we never get to win. You know, hopefully we, we compete well, but I don't think anybody gets to win that one. There's always mm. something I'd like to improve about every one of my books, even after they've been out a while. Definitely. When I read, when, when you go back and read them, but I think that touches on the subject of, uh, of, of often you can get so immersed in your own writing that you don't read and uh, yes. it can be a hectic yeah can be a hectic um, schedule sometimes especially with social media which mm -hmm. i mean is just crucial nowadays you, you can't get away from that and and also it you know it, it can help because people bore you up and and obviously read your books and um, just lend a, a shoulder if you need one but yes. the thing is you get tied <laughs> tied up in all of this and 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 you, and you think well i can't read i haven't got time can't read i, haven't, I can't I haven't got. and the point is you have to read um and yes. that's famous um you know the famous i can't quote stephen king correctly off the cuff but basically was talking about um reading being the fundamental tools of writing and that you can't write without that tool and i think he's just so right um mm. I know for a fact whenever I've had to pull away from my reading a little bit because I've got a deadline or stuff going on, you know, life like it does. Um, and then I sit down and I read and it's just like a release valve. Mm -hmm. um, I feel immediately inspired. I mean, obviously, you're not going to use other people's ideas. You're not going to do that. But I just feel so inspired to, to, to carry on writing. Um, and so I think it teaches you such a lot. Not, only, not just how to weave a story, but it, it, it inspires you um, and it, it maybe fires your imagination to say, well, actually, I, my brain must have been stultified because that, that last chapter was rubbish and I can make it so much better now. Yes. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I, yeah. I have read 
since you know, we started doing putting this this podcast together about writing and the the craft of writing, um, mm. I, I've read more books this year than I probably have since college, and uh, it's been incredibly beneficial to me um, to to have uh, that constant stream of of new information and new perspective and and new voices um, that I wouldn't have otherwise had. And it's, it's made a huge difference in, in my writing. Um, and just like you said, not because I'm stealing anyone's ideas or, you know, their, their methodology, but, um, it's, it's been tremendously helpful to, to get me to intrinsically look at my own craft and my own voice and, and, uh, hone that to where it's, it's, it's much sharper now than it was a year ago. It's, mm-hmm. it's made all the difference. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't not read. I don't, you can't write if you, if you don't read. So yeah, I agree with Stephen King. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now beyond writing and family, what else are, are you passionate about? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning and, and moving with a purpose? Oh, the dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, I, t- I tend to take um, dogs with problems. So, um, and I've currently got one little boy who's he's tiny, he's minute, he's a tiny um, Jack Russell. And he's blind and he's old and he has a heart problem and he has to get up at five o'clock. So he wow. gets me up. Yes. I'm not sure to stay awake um so yeah but i mean i think again if you if when you're a writer you kind of get into um a routine of of getting up and perhaps checking your social um media sites and your email etc etc and then you get you need to carve out time for your writing i think um because you know I say life we've all got our problems and our life events and things happening to juggle so um, I'm still passionate about writing and I think that um, it's that passion that drives um, writers to write and if you lose that um, I think you kind of you wouldn't wouldn't be able to write at all so that's what gets me going in the morning so get downstairs for the little doggy and they get on with my my writing yeah (laughs) perfect Uh, do you have a a favorite fictional detective or investigator in books that you're reading or or shows you're watching on tv right now favorite fiction well um it's it's who i've been reading i was inspired i think my um i was originally inspired to sort of look at the darker side um, of psyche of my characters by uh, martina cole who who i absolutely I just adore how she gets into the heads of her characters. Um, so, and so it would be her, um, I'm trying to think of the name of her. I'm trying to, think, I can't remember the last one, the, the one in the Lady Killer. Um, no, I can't remember her name. Hold on. Yes, Kate Burroughs. That's it, Kate Burroughs. Um, so she's my favourite, yeah so far but that, that said um i'm reading one um i've just finished reading a book actually which is um called dead inside by noel mm-hmm. noel holton and that that was reviewed by martina cole actually and ian rankin as well so it's doing really really well oh, um, yeah and she has a um a dc dc maggie jameson in there um and i think what i like uh, those are those are both female um police officers aren't they but um 
it's because they have um because they've looked at the character and they've got uh, you know real life events um mm -hmm. that you can relate to that the character has not necessarily suffered but lived with or gone through so you can kind of relate to to the character um so those would be my two off the top of my head at the moment so well, one of the last questions that I, I ask all the authors who come on the show, with keeping the, that last answer in, in mind, Cheryl, but God forbid it should come to pass, but if you were to wake up tomorrow and find yourself murdered, what <laughs> fictional investigator, assassin, or revenge artist would you want on the case? Would Kate Burroughs or, or Maggie Jameson get the case, or would you bring in somebody like a, a, a Mitch Rapp or... Um, <laughs> Difficult. I certainly wouldn't bring... Um... Um, Mark Cain <laughs> he wasn't on the ball was he? <laughs> he wasn't quite on the ball he was distracted um, so um, I think I'd go with um, hmm that's a difficult one I think Kate Burroughs was, could be distracted by yes yeah, she's uh, in that particular book she was um, it was kind of crime meets um, she was involved with a in the crime world so maybe she would be distracted i'll go for maggie jameson i'll go for the one that the the, the dc maggie jameson from uh dead inside that's no no holmes character i'll go for her well I, I greatly appreciate you playing along with that uh where where can readers connect with you and your works maybe get updates on on new releases or a newsletter yeah i do have a newsletter but um and i you can join that on my website and also i've think yes my email's on there but um twitter facebook instagram um i'm on all those so and i love love to hear from readers and i love to you know feedbacks feedback is what keeps you going really um even if it is bad sometimes you have to take the bad with the good so um yeah i love i love reader feedback so happy to hear from any anyone at all well i greatly appreciate you making time for for me and the listeners today cheryl it's been a pleasure speaking with you Likewise, Gavin. Thank you very, very much. You've been listening to Writers on the Beat, where crime writers meet crime fighters, a copyrighted broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Gavin Reese, and this episode's guest has been best-selling author Cheryl Brown. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Be safe out there.